Welcome to Arkini. This is Saratova Beth. We are learning Parshas B'Shalach, Shabbat Shirah. And we really, we're in the days introducing, um, leading up to Chafei Shvat. And there's a concept, it's not a concept, there's an energy in the world that, is, that was introduced in 1988, um, that began really in 1988, Tavshin Nun that was introduced 30 years ago in Tavshin Nun Aleph, Nun And this is the energy of what's called 10, 11, and 22. It's not just a concept, but what we want to do is open it up and understand where what we're living in now, what we have stepped into globally. Because you can say in a way that we are now we're now wandering in the desert of the nations. That's what we're doing. You know, as long as we're not fully in our land, as long as it's not Yemaisa Mashiach and every single Jew is an Eretz Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael is fully holy and all the qualifications of Yemaisa Mashiach, then we're only in one other place. We're either all there in Mashiach times in Eretz Yisrael or we're wandering in the desert of the nation. Or, or, well, actually, I guess we have three modes. There's three places that we can ever be. In Egypt, in the shrine, in slavery. That's one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Two, wandering in the desert. Three, in Eretisrael. We don't have any other choices. And when we finally got to the promised land, Eretisrael, and we then eventually built the base of Migdash, and then we're exiled from our land to Babel, to a place of Babylonia, which was which we can also call a place of Babel, a Bilbo of confusion, then we understand that we were back to wandering in the desert of the nation, essentially. So, so we have those three options, it looks like, those three modes as a Jew. And in a sense, the whole world today really only has those three options. Are you in slavery? Are you wandering around in the desert looking for the promised land? Or are you in the promised land? Well, clearly, the world is not in the promised land at this point. And so we're, I would say the world is vacillating between being in the land of slavery, that one's big time, and wandering around in the desert of the nation. That's what we're doing. So, through Pashat B'Shalach, we as Jewish people, and, and in general for the whole world, we're empowered to understand what to do and where we are and how, how things work and, well, you know, what we're doing here. We already said in this Parsha of Parshat B'Shalach, Shabbat Shira, that Shabbat Shira is the Shabbat after your Shabbat that, um, through which the whole world is elevated, all of life is elevated through sheer. Through song, we go out of our imprisonment, we go back, we go out of where we're stuck through song, and we go, and then we go back in. Everything, all the elevations, going out and going back in, comes through song. That's what happens with Shabbos, etc. And the, the ability, and, 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 Shabbos is connected to song. So the ability of Shabbos to elevate everything through song comes through Shabbos Shir. So, okay, so 
Um, what we want to look at now is Parshat the Shavua, etc. Parshat the Shalach is what? Well, we're going to see. Vayihi B'Shalach Parasam. Parshat the Shalach finds us in a situation. Remember, we're looking at this as Jewish people. We're looking at it historically. We're looking at it as what is it for us now. And we're also looking at it as what is this telling the world about how they have to live. So, um, when Paro eventually says, I'm sending us, I hear the of Paro's um, Paro sends us out of slavery. Isn't that strange? <clears throat> Imagine your captor, your, your kidnapper, your enslaver, your taskmaster, master, God forbid, sending you out of slavery and saying, leave, leave. I don't want to have you enslaved here anymore. I do not want to enslave you anymore. Wow. Well, that's a nice energy. Imagine that. Same thing. I mean, we have our own personal slavery, all our habits and all our addictions and all of that, all our moods, all our feelings that we keep getting, falling back into. And imagine if there, you know, that energy that keeps pulling us back into our personal enslavement says, okay, out of here. I don't want I don't want to enslave you anymore. Oh wow. Great. Absolutely. Imagine I mean I'm picking something really silly, but imagine the chocolate bar that a person is addicted to, we're gonna pick a really silly example, says to the person, I don't want to enslave you anymore. Please leave my presence. Wouldn't that be perfect? You don't have to, oh, no, I better not look at all those pastries at the ta- on the table because they're just going to draw me right into them. And I, I know, before I know it, I'm going to have one of them in my mouth and I'm going to be eating it even though I decided I'm on a diet. I, again, I'm picking really, I'm not picking seriously addictive issues. I'm picking something small. So imagine, we generally feel like it's bigger than me. Oh, there's that table full of pastries. What am I going to do? I'm going to see it and it's just going to pull me right in. Imagine if the pastries, you go to, you put your hand out and you go to put your hand on the pastry and it screams, get away. Get away from me. <laughs> and it pushes you away. You can do a little video on this. You go to the next pastry. Ah, oh, you look so good. You'll make me happy. I can feel the pleasure just looking at you. And the other pastry says, get away from me. And then there's this, then there's this incredible um, display of ice cream in the most magnificent way and looks so tantalizing. And you just feel your hand with the spoon and the bowl going to it. And it pushes you away and says, get out of here. Go away from me. This would be the captor pushing us out of the enslavement. So that's by the Shalach Paro. It's a um. Paro said, "Until now, I had you in place for a couple of hundred years. I get out, please, please." He sent us out. Now, one of the things we have to understand is this is probably the miracle that we're looking forward to in this year of Tavshin Pei Aleph. The miracle of. This that has us enslaved, and there are many different enslaving issues, and the ones with chocolate and desserts is the most innocuous, is the uh, 
most innocent. Imagine every single captor pushing their captives out and saying, go out to freedom. I mean, really? You know, we won't elaborate, I guess. These days we have to be very careful about being politically correct. But if we look at what's going on in the world, there's a big issue that's being dealt with. It looks like that's what's going to happen. The captors will push the slaves out of captivity. So that's something to look forward to, and we want to do it ourselves, too. Look to find a way, anything that we're enslaved in, whether big or small, to get the enslaver, the the captor on our side, to push us out to freedom. It's a novel way, right? We used to, it's got you. Oh, no, it's bigger than me, so powerful. I have to run away from it. But it's hafcha is, it's got you. My captor is too big for me. So I have to run the other way. I always have to protect myself. But it's hafcha means I'll transform it. It'll be my biggest friend, my best friend. So, um, and so, <clears throat> so as we're saying, Parshas Shalach, this is the week when it happens. Because Parshas Shalach speaks about the shlemus of going out of the tribe, the completeness of going out of the tribe, going out of slavery. And when does it really happen? Kriyas Yamsis, the Red Sea split. And what is this? It's a preparation for Matan Tyrus. As it says, <coughs> when you take the nation out of Egypt, slavery, serve Hashem on this mountain. So there's another piece of this puzzle. It's not so easy, you know, oh, yeah, absolutely, my captor is all just, the, the pastries are just going to push me away from the table. They're not, unless I set my intention as, you know, why do I need to become unenslaved? Just, just like that, I don't like slavery. Not good enough. For all the years that Mitzrayim was a place of slavery, and it says that no slave ever escaped from Mitzrayim. So I guess they were just into enslaving people. So what do you mean no slave ever escaped? Who else was there? But it was known as a place that once you get in there and they enslave you, there's no leaving. There's no escape. That was the war cry. That was the proud banner of Mitzrayim. No slave ever escaped from this place. Excuse me. Sure, they didn't. You know why? Because they just wanted to escape because they didn't want to be enslaved. Says Hashem, says God. Yeah, you'll never get out that way. What you need to do is call on a kayach that's way more powerful than their kayach. Who's more powerful than how is the captor? Who's more powerful than him? Hashem. If you just want to get away from him because you don't want to be around him, not going to work. But if you want to get away from him because you want to come and serve me on Hartina, 
You want to attach yourself to me. You want to go from being slaves to power to being servants of Hashem, which is not a slavery. But if you want, if you have a bigger goal, I want out of slavery so that I can be unified with Hashem. Then Hashem just says, then you can do it. It just depends why you want to get out of out of slavery and why you want to get out of Gullah. Now the interesting thing is that you know, so some people will say, Oh great, so you were a slave to Pyro, now you're going to be a slave to Hashem. God forbid. There's an infinite difference between slavery and servitude, which we'll call loyalty. They're, in, they're exact opposites. There is a similar piece in that it feels like, well, you don't just do whatever you feel like doing. Right? That's what, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what's on the, that's what's being debated in America today in the different, through the different approaches. Should we just live a life and usher in an era in which everyone just does whatever they want. I was born this gender, maybe I'll take change to that one. I was born like this, maybe I'll do that. Gender change is only the beginning of all the changes that they have in mind. That whole philosophy, it's not a thing, it's not about gender. It's about, it's way beyond gender. It's not a biologically gender-confused... This is, this is not about being um, biologically gender-confused. This is about saying, the way Hashem made me is no good. I want it to be a different way. He made a mistake. I know better. You know, I don't... I'd like to be a skyscraper. I'd like to be an elephant. I'd like to be a giraffe. Maybe Medicaid will pay for it. Meaning, who says I have to stay at person? Who says I have to hit? Who says I have to that? No one, remember what, what, I remember, everybody remembers when their kids were small, they would say, yeah, um, you know, you can't tell me what to do. You know, either they say, only Hashem can tell me, nobody has to tell me what to do. There's that feeling that every human being has, which is, is somebody going to tell me what to do? Is Hashem going to tell me what to do? Is that a good thing to follow? Who knows better? Me or Hashem? So, slavery means, Tuparo means, there's a, there's a really unwise, undivine, evil guy who wants my soul. He does not have my best interest in mind. He has his best interest in mind. It's all about him and what he'll get from me. The servitude to Hashem means it's all about me. Hashem is saying, I want you to be the most divine that you can. And I will show you that I, I will take you there. I want you to be the best that you possibly can. Your servitude to me, says Hashem, is not all about me, Hashem. It's all about you. And you stepping into your full power. And as you do that, so can I. All of you 
step into your full divine power, which enables me, Hashem, to be accepted by everyone in the entire world. We do this together. It's the exact opposite of the way Paro did it. So, with that in mind, then we understand that the goal, we're getting out of here so that we serve Hashem on our Sinai, is take us the Parshish Yisrael. <coughs> Excuse me. Parshish Yisrael is the Parsha of Matan Tyra. And that's why it's, you know, um, it, it's, it's called Yisrael. It's because the one who knew every unholy form of worship in the entire world, the one who was the, who had the PhD in unholy worship, in off-track, completely uh, dis, dis, ungodly stuff, he, he literally probably had the biggest PhD in the whole world on it, probably wrote five theses on, you know, or 200 theses or 50, 55 New York Times bestseller books on um, why I don't believe that God is the ruler of the world and the ultimate wisdom. He probably did. <laughs> and, when, and with all of that in mind, he turned around and he was my dear. He acknowledged and he said, no, 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 I got it all wrong. It's Hashem. He's the one. This, so therefore, Parshish Yisra, why is his name given to the Parsha? He pulls together all the evil that he dabbled in and believed in and turns around and says, I got it wrong. It's really Hashem. Now, by the way, this is good news, Parshish Yisra, because that's the direction that the world needs to go in now. And we, and maybe more than ever before in all of history, there's a need for the world, for all the people who really believe in, in stuff and a lot of weird stuff, way weirder than we want to even think about. Precious Yisra is telling us that the hour will come when either little by little or in one big group, the whole world will do a, a Yisrael movement. They will all say, I got it wrong. My philosophy was wrong. After Yadaiti, now I know. Now I know that Yudke Vavke Hashem is greater than all these gods that I was serving. Now I know. I know with every fiber of my being. And so, by the way, what's happening in the world today, which is awfully confusing and looks awfully discouraging, is obviously nothing other than the whole world being brought to that point where they can all experience Asayadaiti. Now I know. Yisrael did it, and he's clearly directing the world in that direction at this moment. <clears throat> now, by the way, also in that parsha, 
In the Parsha, we have Kriyas Yamkuf. That's what's going on now, Kriyas in this Parsha. Kriyas Yamkuf and the war with Amalek. It's Parsha Peshalach. So all the details of Parsha Peshalach and Yisra, they're all a preparation for Matan Taylor. And by definition, all the details of everything that's going on in the world today, which is weirder than weird, is clearly one thing, a preparation for Matan Taylor. And it's all included in the preparation for the fullness of Matan Taylor that will be in the future with Mashiach. So where do you see it? Where is it hinted at? The Shalach, Shira Sayyam, singing the song at the Red Sea, Kriyat Yamsu. The end of the song that we sing as we go through the Red Sea, through the Yamsu, is Mikdash Hashem Kanunu Yadecha. Speaking about the third day of Mikdash, Bishayadayim, two hands. When will it be, so to speak, with two hands, those with two hands, when Hashem will rule the entire world forever? In the future, the whole kingship will belong to Hashem. And the war with Amalek, which is also in the Parsha, at the end, says, Macha Amalek. I will erase forever the memory of Amalek. Well, that's good. Because what's going on in the world today is Amalek is really doing a dance with his tap shoes big time. You can hear the tap, the tapping of his tap shoes everywhere you go and in everything. <clears throat> As it says, Kiyado with the hand on case you it's a it's a war a Malik fights from one generation to the other a war on Hashem Hashem promises us he swears his name will not be complete until what until the name of a Malik is erased. You were me, says Hashem. It's interesting because Hashem creates a Malik and then a Malik does his job successfully, which is to split the name of Hashem in half, which denotes a whole bunch of stuff. And then Hashem says, until we, I, you, all of us, get rid of a Malik, my name cannot be complete. And if my name is not complete, then we can't have a wholeness or completion in the world. All the fancy rhetoric about we'll have wholeness in the world if we all just love each other, yada, 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 it's not true. Taira tells us that cannot happen by itself. All of us just tolerating and loving each other will not do the job because the name of a Malik and the memory of a Malik must be erased. A Malik must be destroyed, defeated, everything. Pulverized, completely eliminated. In all of his ramifications, with everything that he's doing. So, um, we're talking about a Malik that Hashem says, 
I, we will get nowhere until we destroy Amalek. Because in order for us to have Geula Shlema, Hashem's name has to be complete. And Amalek puts everything he has full time into splitting the name of Hashem in half, which seems like an, you know, what is a kind? You're going to split four letters, two letters there and two letters there. Come on, the whole world is going to be changed because of that. Yeah, yeah. And Hashem says, honestly, the whole thing is very simple. When my name became, becomes complete, Yudke Vavke, without any split, we'll have Geula. But the problem is that a Amalek has nothing to do all day other than split my name in half. Now, of course, Hashem creates a Amalek, so it's, it's an oxymoron. You know, it's very interesting. But this is what we're dealing with today. So, um, all right, uh, Kisa Shalom. Um, and then it says, You know, Hashem will rule forever when His name, at, in Hashem's ruling forever, His name will be complete. When His name is complete, He will rule forever. Again, we have to understand this is more than just letters in an olive space. It's something hugely significant that literally is playing out in real time as we speak in this very complex world. Okay, so Parshish Yisra, it says in Chassidus, Yisra, why is it called Yisra? There was a Parsha added to the Tyra. It shows on the addition that will be in the future in a way of written. What will be the, what, what are you going to add to Tyra? There's so much stuff in Tyra, you know. <laughs> you decide to open a Judaica store. It's a lot of money. There are a lot of farm that you have to purchase to put on the shelves. Right? There's a lot of stuff there in Tyra. What else are you going to add? One more book. So that what's going to be added to Tyre is Re'iya, the ability to see what now we hear and learn. Then we will see it. So then one other thing we want to look at is <clears throat> Shira Sayyam singing the song of the Yamsuf and the war with Amalek. And then because of that, Yisrael acknowledging the truth. And, you know, the king of Avaidazara acknowledging the truth. And again, here you can fill in the blanks, just um, figure out who's playing what part in this skit, in this play in America today. You can fill it in for yourself. Um, what is the splitting of the sea? Who's a Malik? What is a Malik? Um, who's Yisra, king of Avaidazara? And, um, and all of this, what does it have to do with of the future, which is the full acceptance of the entire world of the truth of Tyra, everybody accepting it, and then and us moving up to the higher level of really seeing Tyra, not just accepting it. So, what activates the whole process? The following. Tara sending us out by Yehibashalaparasa'an when Paro sent us out, right, the captor said, get out of here. What happened? Hashem said, step one, great, your captor threw you out. That's amazing. Okay, I mean, Hashem said, I did it, but, we, we, you know, we, that's, that was step one. Captor threw us out of slavery. <clears throat> okay, step two. Where are you going to go? 
promised land or bus on the way to Eretz Yisrael. Good. Step three, calculation. Google Maps, or DuckDuckGo Maps, you know, whatever it is. How long will it take? Put in the address. The land of Egypt, destination, Lahabdil, the land of the promised land, Eretz Yisrael. Okay. How long should it take? Mm, walking, 11 days. Great. Driving, they didn't have that function then. So it's a journey of 11 days. We checked it on Google Maps. Journey of 11 days from the place of slavery to the place of true freedom, Eretz Yisrael. Hashem said, no. I don't want you to go that way. Why not? Keep Karahu. It's too close. Too close. What's wrong with, why can't we take the 11? Shem says, no, no, no. Type in, don't type in fastest route. Don't go on ways. Fastest route from Mitzrayim to Eretz Yisrael. Don't, you can type that one in, but I don't want you to take that route. Or fastest route from your slavery, global and national slavery, and religious slavery to freedom and completeness. Um, it's 11 days, fastest route. Says Hashem, it's too close, too fast. No, 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 no. Hype in integrative route, scenic route. You know, back roads route. Because the fast route is, you know, it's always on the highway and it's, eh, it's stressful and it's fast traffic and all that. Then there's always, when, when you, you <laughs> When you get to the Canadian border and you're, you're on your way from New York State up to, you, you pass Syracuse, you pass Watertown, you pass Fort Drum, which is famous now, and Fort of uh, the U.S., and you come to the Canadian border and you're on your way up to Ottawa or Toronto, you pass, you come to a place where they say, do you want to go on the 401 highway, which will um, take you quickly, a highway, or do you want to do the scenic route, the Thousand Islands Drive? Well, I almost always choose Thousand Islands Drive. I mean, there you can only go, you know, whatever it is, 45 miles an hour. But it is magnificent. It's a Thousand Islands. You know, so you, you're, it's a slow drive and you're seeing the Thousand Islands. It's, but it's, it's a whole other experience taking the Thousand Islands Drive until you get to Brockville. And then you get back on the highway. So when you're going to do, now why would I do that? Don't I want to get to my destination fast? Now there's more to life than just getting somewhere fast. I want to experience life along the way. I'm not waiting till I get somewhere to live. I want to live now. The journey is crucial. Not just the destination. But I don't want the 401. I want the Thousand Islands Highway. Hashem said, I don't want you on the 401 getting to Israel. I want you on the Thousand Islands Highway. Thousand Islands Drive. And it's a whole other way. Now, why? Why did Hashem do that? Why did he say that? Not the fast way. The straight way. The kind of there's come. The straight way to get the Eretz Kanan. Okay, now here's a little hint. 
Why doesn't Hashem want us to go on the 401 to get Eretz Canaan? You know, the straight way to get Eretz Canaan. Uh, we are coming to Eretz Canaan. It's not yet Eretz Israel. It's not a warm, cozy, yummy, Jewish, holy place yet. It's in potential warm, cozy, holy, Jewish place. It's still Eretz Canaan. It's a pretty seedy place. You just came out of slavery. You guys are not in extremely good shape. You're not, you definitely don't have a leader mentality. That's for sure. You, you've got a lot of emotional growth to go through before you can get to Eretz Canaan and defeat the Canaanim and turn that place into Eretz Israel. You know, if I decide that I want to, um, become a root canal expert. It's not enough to take a three-day dental course. You know, I'm just a regular person, and I pay $625, and for three days I sit in this course, and they teach me how to do root canal. No good. It is the quick way, and I get a little Mickey Mouse certificate, and then I open up an office, and I tell people I do root canal. And probably no one will stop me. Not okay. There's a lot, there are a lot of skills, knowledge, expertise, attitudes, change, a lot of stuff that I have to pick up on the way to be able to do proper root canal. It's not just a question of 16 hours of, in a workshop. So Hashem said, for you guys, to transform Eric's Canaan into Eric's Israel, Especially you guys just came out of slavery. All you know is slavery. And you weren't exactly in good shape when I took you out. You were about to sink into the lowest level, and you would have been gone forever. You weren't exactly um, masters of the, the show when you were in the shrine. You were actually, um, you, fell in, you fell into the pits. You know, they were big pits, and you would keep falling into the same trap every time. And you did a couple of things, you know, mysterious message, and I just pulled you out at the last second. You guys are not in extremely good shape. You really need a lot of training before you can go to Eretz Kanan and transform it. So Hashem said, this is what we'll do. We're going to take the same 11-day journey. We're just going to stretch it out for 40 years. I'll take you through the desert and through the Red Sea. That's a whole transformational experience forever. And then I'll take you through the desert for 40 years. That's a whole other transformational experience. And then when you finally get there, it looks like only only the women seem to have graduated from the 40-year Kriyas Yamsuf, walking through the Yamsuf, 40-year training course, the men still didn't quite get their certification. So they stayed behind. And the men, the women, seemed to all have uh, gotten their certification. They got their little certificates and put it in the frame, and they could go there and throw, unfortunately, they were all alone. But the men just somehow couldn't get up to that top rung, which would have given them the 
wherewithal to be the leaders who transform Eretz Canaan into Eretz Israel. Only the women. So, but Hashem said, okay, we're going to try. We're going to do this. So we're going to do Kriyat Yamsuf. And then we're going to sing the song, Shirat Yam. Remember, the women had a whole different way of singing when they went through the Yamsuf than the men. We, I mean, there's much to say about that. Like the women were prepared for it. The men were like, I can't believe this is happening. Wow, we're actually out of here. I can't believe it. We never, you know, and, and, and the women were, what do you mean you can't believe it? We've been preparing for this for all these years. And the men were kind of, well, you were preparing for it. I just made fun of you the whole time. I, you know, we know that. I'm well aware of that, right? When we saw your tambourines, we were like, you're seriously weird, you know? And you laughed at us. You did? You laughed at us. Because we had our tambourines, like tambourines. Yeah. Right? You laughed at us. We, that was one more nisayin that we had to deal with, having you laugh at us. We just held on to our tambourines, and of course the moment came. And you were all shocked. I can't believe it. We came out of nisayin. You mean you can't believe it? What do you think the tambourine was there for? Yeah, but I thought you were living in La La Land. Okay, so now trust this next time. Right? That's why in the merit of righteous women, the, the future will, will come. The male energy will still be shocked. You know, like, what? can't believe it. She How is possible? I never would have expected it. Mm-hmm. And the women are like, told you, we, we've been waiting for this. So, and by the way, each of us has a male aspect and a, fem- and a female aspect in it. In it, the male aspect is like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And the female aspect is saying, I do believe it, and I will see it. It's two, it's two very different forces in us. And then we have dear Amalek, I don't know, and then we have Amalek, who tries to, you know, really destroy the feminine aspect, the feminine energy of hope that says, no, 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 everything's going to be amazing. And Amalek comes along and says, yeah, right. Amazing, really. You live in La Land. So we keep switching back to that sort of masculine energy of like, it's never going to happen. Okay. So therefore Hashem says, I'm going to take you through a training course, a boot camp. We're going to go through the Yamsuf. We're going to sing the song, Shirathayam. Then we're going to have a war with a Malik. And then, after all of this, after Kriyat Yamsuf, after the war with a Malik, then Yisro will acknowledge the truth. And so what happens as a result of all of this, we will find out in the next episode of this recorded sheet. And we find ourselves in the base of Mesa Shashlishi immediately now.